Sunday's game was a bit of a letdown, wasn't it? Yeah. It was... From my point of view, especially. Not from my point of view, I watched the damn thing. <laughs> so did I, I was there, freezing, in the rain. I was more comfortable. <laughs> no, it was it was poor, really poor. Um, I think me and Tom spoke last week. Hi, Tom. Hey, guys. <laughs> we spoke last week about how optimistic I was after the Watford result, beating them 5-0, playing really comfortably, like, really dominantly. Yeah. And we just kind of, we didn't we didn't turn up, we didn't, I've seen loads on Twitter midweek um, about having to stay positive and that's fine, but now it's no longer in our own hands. Now, I'm not saying we would have won every game, you know, having been a point ahead, but it was such a disappointing way to surrender top oh, spot. It, it was, was, I think I read that after Trent Alexander-Arnold had a shot in the 54th minute, you didn't register another one on target for the we entire were, rest of the game. It was just a drab We, we were poor. And, and Everton are poor. Sorry if any of you are Everton fans. But Everton are poor. And I'm sure we'll talk about this later. About oh, Everton. you can bet you're <laughs> We will talk about Everton again. Exactly. Everton are a poor football side. And I know they'll have lifted their game against us. And they battled well. It's as simple as this. If we turn up, we beat them there. It's it's as simple as that. And we just didn't turn up. You you you're in. You, you've been in, in a bit of a Salah hangover this season. It's a bit of a slump. I mean, we keep having these random games where we play well and everyone gets the hopes up, like Bournemouth three 0 and then we go and play like we did against Bayern and United. Then Watford five 0 and then we go and play like we did against Everton. It's so weird. It's up and down. And you could argue these are games that we lose last year or the year before. But it still doesn't take away from the point. It's really frustrating. And yes, I'm happy with where we are. I'm, I'm happy. If you'd have told me in August, you'll be one point off um, the greatest Premier League side, points-wise, ever, um, going into March. Then I'd have taken that in August. But you can't just disregard everything that's gone on before. No. We were points ahead. We were never going to be ten points ahead. Uh, most, we were seven points ahead. Um, but that's still a gap. When well, we said be... weeks ago, we said that you've made up, was it 10 to 15 Yeah, it's ridiculous. So it's progress and we've got to be happy with that. But that doesn't mean you can't be frustrated with how the season's gone and how we're now, as of speaking, four points behind, albeit with a game in hand. It's frustrating when you see Salah spurn two golden opportunities oh, last, and that, last week. There was definitely one. Well, there was the was... one where he's one-on-one and he clearly has too much time to think, which is weird because you put it, in front of him last year he scores it so he's one on one with Pickford and he puts it basically straight at Pickford it's not a great save even though the the LED board that they've got at Goodison every time Pickford makes a save flashes England's number one genuinely I mean you're both looking at me like I'm mad but every time Jordan Pickford makes a save at Goodison it flashes England's number one like he scored a goal can we save discussion of Jordan Pickford (laughs) a little bit I'm going to enjoy that so yeah he makes that save himself that's right at him and then there's the next the next chance in the second half where there's a mistake from the fullback. We didn't really create the chance. It was a mistake from the fullback. Salah races on and he's got Mane, Sadio Mane, literally square ball away from him. Yeah. And then he's got to tap him. And he dithers, he dithers, and then he's tackled and it goes behind. We and, talked this afternoon, didn't we? And yeah. you said about his injury. And, and I just feel I don't like think he's been the same. It's I, either a, a lack of confidence or, in, in my mind, I think he's concerned about that happening again. So in his Maybe. mind, he's not being as as Dynam- dynamic. Yeah, as because dynamic. he doesn't want to get that injury again. Or whatever. And people, people will. I mean, they'll argue with with us. I hope they do. I hope they do. Where, at, where can you find us at Towners Podcast? I really do hope that you get involved in a chat with us, whether you be a Liverpool fan or just a football fan. Yes, Salah's still quite high in the scoring charts, but you look at his record against the big sides last year compared to this year. Could have done with him. Coming out, couldn't you? Exactly. He's not really done it against the big sides this year. Um, now, to call him a flat track bully is a bit bit premature. Because I believe I did that this afternoon. I know you did, you did. <laughs> um, I think that's premature because of his record last season. He's not Lukaku. No, he's not. Um, <laughs> sorry, Tom. <laughs> uh, just, uh, Tom's just put his arms up in disbelief there. Yeah, I don't know why he can kind of disbelieve that, but we'll, we'll carry on. 6-3, 6-3. <laughs> hey. um, so... I don't. I don't think you can call him a flat trap boy because of his record so so recently. It's just something's not been right since the Champions League final. Um, whether that be, I think him, Klopp as well has something to blame because he doesn't. He, this season he's not the known for the wind <laughs> or the length of the grass. The wind, yeah, but he's not known that that which formation to go with. I think he has um, really because he's had. We've had Salah all it. over the pitch. He has, and I think that I think that shows adaptability. Adaptability, sorry, words are hard. Um, that shows his adaptability. 
Um, last year we could only play one way, and this year we've played in different ways. Um, against Watford and Everton, we played with Sadio through the middle and Mo coming in um, from out wide. And Mo's best position last year was coming in from out wide. Yeah. Whereas this year, most of his goals have come when he's gone through the middle. Um, so it is. It's, it's experimenting with what you've got. And plus, Bobby was injured last week. I think Bobby's a big miss. I don't think Bobby is. He's not your out-and-out striker. No. But he's a focal point for. One of one of the lads start. that I go to the football with, Dave. Um, he always says. If Firmino plays well, Liverpool play well. Yeah. If, if Firmino doesn't play well, we don't play well. He's that important to how we play. I agree. I've got I've got a couple of mates who, like, oh, what does Firmino do? And it's he might not get you bag you a load of goals. He might not bag you a load of assists. But everything starts. He does. Around you look at his chance creation. Like how many chances he created last year in that front three. It's less so this year. But I mean, the whole front three aren't as prolific as they were last year. But. He's so important to how we play. He's pressing. He's such a wonderful footballer. You watch him with the ball at his feet, bar the derby, because obviously he couldn't find a red shirt um, no. at all. But normally, when he's not been injured or ill, he, he's wonderful with the football. Something the ball at his feet. Watching a low centre of gravity player, but he's play. not even quick. Like he's against Bayern a couple of times. He had the ball at his feet, three players around him, and he still manages to get. Away yeah, but you them. say Iniesta and Xavi weren't quick, no, but they could no. do that. Yeah. I think it's just having that ability to that loss of and, ta- and talking about Bobby like that and Mo and Sadio, it's just frustrating that we go to a place like Goodison, which hasn't been a difficult stomping ground for anyone this year because Everton have been abysmal, and be so abject. And it was abject. We didn't really test them. Well, you, we didn't, you didn't have a shot on target after the 54th minute yeah exactly so that's really the frustrating does. that's that's really frustrating that we come out of that game um, we argued with the subs we argued with the subs in the way that um, we didn't agree with them but at the end of the day it was a bad result it was a bad performance and we move on and hopefully um, as of recording this we have Burnley tomorrow at Anfield so hopefully we can do Newcastle a favour um, it would be lovely yeah but it was just it was an I say a nothing game it, for us, it was a nothing game. We didn't get anything out of it. Everton did everything that they wanted to do. Honestly, did you watch up until the fi- final whistle? Unfortunately, did you hear that roar at the end? It was like they'd won their first trophy well, since were time, 1995. They were, they were time wasting. Oh, first half. They were time yeah. wasting from the first half. They were time wasting a draw. Everton's season finished in January when no, they no, went you're wrong. Everton's season finished last weekend. They oh, want yeah. to do everything they they can to exactly. stop you winning the league. Well, what I meant was everything that they could win finish in January when they were knocked out by Lowly Millwall from the FA Cup because you've got a manager who clearly is being shown that he doesn't know what he's doing well I mean that's a debate for another time but Everton put everything into that game to get a draw and they celebrated it like it was their first piece of silverware since 1995 and fair play to them they got what they wanted um, and we and it was down to us to break them down and we couldn't I'm going to get us off this subject I'm going yeah. to use what you just said they're celebrating like they'd won something yeah. I think we should maybe talk about the the crumbling of two of Europe's giants I agree it's a great place to move on to now in the previous week we have seen Real Madrid yeah I couldn't I'll be honest with you I went I fell asleep before the end of this game <laughs> tough day <laughs> tough day and when I woke up, I could not believe my eyes. I knew no. they were down, but I thought, oh, they're going to come. Winners of the last three. Winners of the last three. Zidane must have seen something. Yeah. For, and on the other, on, from from a country not too far away, PSG. Is it as simple, with Real, is it as simple as losing Ronaldo? Do we think that? No, no, no. I think Ronaldo, look, I, I'm sure it's come across here that I, for me, who is it, Messi or Ronaldo... For me, Ronaldo is a world-class player, and I think in that Real Madrid squad, he kept it together. He kept he 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 was dying out. He allowed other players to play beyond themselves. You take that type of player out, and players just play like they can. Maybe play. it's not. Benzema, I'm not sure of. Bale hasn't. I think Bale's got a massive thing to do as well. Say it again. I think age has got a massive thing to do. They're not getting any younger. No, no. Not even the sport. defenders are. are, are How can on. you justify not playing a player like Isco though? And Asensio was on the bench as well, I think. Real Madrid have always been a funny club. Asensio was seen at the start of the season as the main reason Bale wasn't, wasn't doing a job because yeah. Asensio was playing so well at the start of the season. Well, they've got this finish student, haven't they? Yeah, but he's injured now. Yeah, he's injured. Um, yeah. But Asensio was on the bench against Ajax. 
I remember looking at the team and the subs. Isco was nowhere to be seen. I don't know if he was injured or not, but Isco wasn't there. But he's been linked with City and Liverpool. Um, I just don't. Those two are quality footballers. They're yeah. not old either. Essential younger than Isco. I just think since Ronaldo's gone, even if some of the players didn't get along with him, and you know some of them didn't, Absolutely. he was that talisman that they could look to when things weren't going well. In Kiev, he did nothing. He did no, absolutely, absolutely nothing. Right, he but he was there. He was there on the pitch. Two or three of your defenders were always looking at him. Yeah, exactly. And that's what he did to teams. And yeah. that's what, obviously, in Italy he's doing right now. Mm. Tom, can you get the stats on, on the game? And just to see how many shots and things like that and uh, possession could be very I watched. I watched the highlights and the highlights. Well, I watched um, the first half, well, first half an hour of it and then I watched the highlights the next day. Ajax plays some wonderful football. Wonderful you know attacking what? football. I'm excited about Ajax. I think it's been... There's been a bit of a lull in, in uh, Holland in terms of youth. And I think Holland have always produced some youth. Mm. And I think Ajax at the minute have got a... Ri- I know that Frankie de Jong's off... Off to Barca. Off to Barca yeah. from Holland. But I think they've got a really exciting... Yeah. I'll tell you a team. weird one with Ajax. Dusan Tadic. Do you know how much they bought him from Southampton it for? Was- it was was it pins ten million pounds for Dusan yeah Dusan Tavic from Southampton high team his game from yeah. Southampton uh, but he said he wanted to go I can't quite remember why he, but he, it was something along that they wanted the to sa- I, I remember hearing a few Southampton fans midweek saying that a lot of their fans at the time of him going had become frustrated with him because he basically started turning in one quality performance in ten he was massive last season. Uh, in them staying up um, because he put in a match winning performance against Bournemouth and I think it was a 2-0 win yeah. against Bournemouth and he was absolutely outstanding there but then he goes missing um, and they were getting very frustrated with him so uh, they weren't uh, the people who were ringing in talking about Tadic they didn't sound at the time they said at the time they weren't that devastated the only thing that they were annoyed at was the fee their, their kind of best player at the time goes to Ajax for £10 million. Yeah, of course Ajax, who, aren't, who haven't got boatloads of cash to spend 50, 60, 70 million pound on players. If they look at someone like Tadic and think, oh, they're getting rid of him for £10 million, we'll snap him off. And he was one of the very few, only a handful of players have got a 10 out of 10 rating from L'Equipe. He's actually been involved in more goals in the Champions League this season than any other player. So it's six goals. That's incredible. Heck, that is that is absolutely for someone who Ajax have bought for ten million. Insane. I mean that turn. Have you seen the turn? I haven't. Oh my word! He turns the player, the Real Madrid player, inside out, and then plays the through ball. And uh, I think it's the third goal that they score. And then Tadic scored the fourth. Was it? Was it um, Tadic who scored the fourth? So. Third. Uh, so it was the it was what he set one up with a wonderful um, turn. Uh, you, you think he was playing at Southampton last year, and then he's tearing Real Madrid apart at the Bernabeu. He's the second Ajax player to have scored six or more goals in a single Champions League career. Uh, Absolute steal. Um, and you put him in with that young, hungry squad. Real had no answers, none well, whatsoever. They had they had more of the possession. Um, had more shots. They had an equal amount of shots at the time. So the fifty-seven percent possession. Um, they just seemed to be wasteful. They had twenty shots, only eight on target. Is this Ajax? This was Real Madrid. Real yeah. Madrid. So I think there's just discontent there. The stories coming out of that club after the game just showed a real inconsistency in approach. Now they said that they were going to keep Solari. And then a couple of days later, apparently Perez had met with higher ups about getting rid of him. Um, apparently Ramos has held a meeting I with just the players. Apparently held to get behind the players. coach, which I thought was strange. I mean, fair enough if he's done that. Um, but it doesn't it, sound like him, though, does it? It doesn't. But if he did it, then fair enough. Um, apparently, I, apparently Perez and Ramos had a big shouting match as well, which resulted in um, Ramos telling Perez, obviously in quite a hot-headed moment, "If you pay me up, I'll go." Um, because part of the blame is being put on Ramos for his stupid um, getting booked on purpose. Yeah. Uh, just, I just wanted to say before we move into um, PSG. Yeah. Uh, the names in this Ajax team. You've got Onana in there, who I believe can't say for sure, but I believe is a very good goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, you've got Tagliafico. I know as a Newcastle fan, we were linked with him. Yeah. Uh, in the summer decent Argentine I think he is 
Uh, but in the, in the central defence, Daley Blind, yeah. who I've always thought was a very good very player. Very experienced yeah. player. Yeah, well, we um, United, let him go. And he's a very versatile squad player. Delete as well. Yeah. Who well, is, we've been linked with him. He's the golden boy. Is he the golden boy of Europe, the first defender to, in however long to, to get I'm that? I'm not sure, maybe. Um, uh, in the midfield, you've got Frankie de Jong, but yeah. you've also got Sean, who I think um, comes with a name. But you've also got Van der Beek. Yeah. The Brazilian Nares. Yeah. Tadic up top, obviously. And Ziyech. They've just got a very good mix, Ajax. Um, and Mate, there's no... Yeah. There's absolutely... I mean, we forget... Hunt lads there as well. Hunt, yeah. No, just him, we, we forget that Real won the first leg. Yeah, with the 2-1. They won yeah, the yeah, first yeah. leg 2-1. Um, so you'd, they'd have been extremely confident going back to the Bernabeu. Uh, and I think part, part of them being dumped out is arrogance and complacency and part of that complacency is is understandable if you've won three Champions Leagues on the balance thousand days they've been yeah I mean it's, it's absolutely let's not get away from the fact that that is an incredible achievement to win the European Cup three times in a row in the modern it says era. a lot though when you lose a manager and one player and it and turns it goes into to it does it does but they've won three um, and it was going to end somewhere I'm sure their fans wouldn't have liked it to end here against a team that they would they would think that they should beat definitely but Ajax deserved it. Um, yeah, and I think we move Makes on. Makes it interesting, doesn't it? It does. Uh, I think we move on to a game that I don't particularly want to talk about. Tom's got a huge <laughs> smile on his face right now. Look at those pearly whites. 100% oh. So, United 2-0, uh, was it, at home? 2-0 at home. They lost 2-0 at home. Yeah. And I think every United fan, Tom, I think you'll agree, was like, well, we may as well put the kids out. We're not yeah. going to overturn this. We had no real choice in it. Well, they did. It wasn't a may as well put the kids out. They had to put some yeah. of the kids they out. Ten out, was it? Ten, ten first, first team players out, yeah. yeah. It's, it was back to the walls kind of thing. We, we had, Me personally, I didn't think we had a chance at all. Even when Lukaku scored early, I thought it was still going to be a mountain. That fire. was exactly what you needed, though. Yeah. For it to happen, everyone yeah. said early on, if United can get an early goal, then it's on. Well, that's what all he's given them, hasn't he? He's given them that. And I, I think we said at the we were talking earlier on um, I would say I think I said something along the lines of this is sort of old school United belief yeah this is like yeah. Alex Ferguson era there's no belief. way there's no way at all that either of those um, results happen with the previous managers in charge no and I don't I don't, th- I don't think Real lose that with Zinedine Zidane in charge no. and I don't no. think United go through with Mourinho in charge and I don't think I don't think Oli is the only one in that dressing room no Mike Field is very much a, uh, an Alex I, I'm, st- I'm still of the opinion that Sir Alex is pulling do you know what strings. I hope he is I hope Alex Ferguson even though he wouldn't ever come out and I'm sure his wife doctors and everything are saying to him get away mm. But I hope he, I hope he's I hope he's seen how much of a mess United are in, and I hope he's involved in that because there are players in that dressing room who are still there from the the Sir Alex era, yeah. and I think you know I think Ash, Ashley Young has had a couple of really good games. I'd love to yeah. be a fly on the wall if if Alex, if Sir Alex is genuinely having more of a part to play than is being let on. I'd love to see any kind of interactions between him and Pogba. Because he got rid of Pogba. Yeah, he, he didn't think stand, he, he won't stand he, for it. Yeah, really. He didn't think his attitude was right initially. Well, hmm. I'd look. That's why I'd love to be a fly on the wall to see any interactions between. To be fair, two. you can't. I, I but you can't says, doubt Pogba's Pogba's can't. application and his performances. Pogba post Mourinho, you cannot judge. No, right. he's, he's well, the, you can judge, and you can judge him as a as a top quality. Yeah, footballer. exactly. Yeah. Um, it's just it's interesting. But I think that belief. That came from that first goal, as you say. Yeah, it was the first goal. It, it was incredible. And but, I think, but yes, there was belief. But there was a massive slice of luck. As there always is with United. Massive slice of luck. Now, I find it strange that UEFA have felt the need <laughs> to come out in the middle of the week. No, they do that with every Every, every decision. Every decision. contentious decision. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, they don't. UEFA have come out and explained the decision to give the penalty which I find absolutely bizarre do you think that's a VAR thing or do you think that's no I think I, I think it's both I think they've introduced VAR this season and we all want VAR to um, to be a success none more so than UEFA because obviously they brought it in before the Premier League yeah. next year so there's been this contentious decision which have, which has knocked out a big club in, in Europe probably wrongfully so as well so they've had to come out and back their own wasn't a penalty 
It, I mean, it wasn't. No. Thank Kimpembe, you, I think the thing is, it just shows this slow motion thing. Kimpembe, uh, his back was to the ball. He didn't know where the, the ball was, nor where he really was. As soon, was. as soon as the video assistant referee tells the referee, you need to look at this, that automatically puts in his head, I'm going to have to give a penalty here. Yeah. Rather than saying, give it a quick look or just there's an incident there. Yeah. As soon as the, the video assistant referee tells the on-field referee, look at that on-field, you need to look at that, it's going to make him think, I've got something wrong, I've missed it, yeah. I'm going to have to give something. And a handball in slow motion is always going to look, look worse. A ball to hand yeah. or whatever, it's always going to look worse. Now, I've heard arguments for and against it this week. I've heard uh, the fact, like Gareth Southgate came out and said it was a penalty because uh, the player should be punished for turning his back on the ball. That's not the punishment. Kimbem, the defender, the defender shouldn't turn his back on the ball. Not it's as all. simple as that. It's awful defending. However, the arm is only very slightly away from the body, and it's supposed to be a deliberate handball. You're not telling me by not looking at the ball, he's deliberate. He's looked at it before he's turned around, but then he's turned. You're not telling me he's got eyes in the back as of his head. As soon as his eyes lose contact with that ball... He doesn't know where it's going. He doesn't know where it is. So you, he can't possibly put his arm out to know exactly where it's going yeah. to block the shot. And it was a terrible shot as well. It was. So it wasn't going to really trouble Gigi Buffon. And really, I've seen the reaction well, from, from it. Uh, there wasn't a great deal of... No United player yeah. appeals for it until they realise that it's been looked at. Who, who, who took the shot? It was Delot. Delot. Yeah, I think he was. I think he just he, turned away. I think he kind of turned away, but I think he might have looked around after a second and seen that maybe a bit of a. But the end. slow motion yeah. when it shows the handball and then it shows the slow motion just looks. Uh, it, the camera's caught a lot, and he just looks annoyed with himself yeah. with, with with the the poor shot. It's never a penalty. United were lucky. However, if it's given for your team, you're going to take it. Yeah, and I'd argue quite a lot of United success in the last, uh, you know, under Sir Alex Ferguson. The worst slices of luck. I think any champions have to have. I think slices a, of any luck. champions, any winners of tournaments, you need luck. And I think that's what I mean about this under Ollie and Ferguson, and I think Cantona was there. I think that old school United feel is just starting to eat back in. Maybe. And I'm starting to hate United a little bit more because of that. Because I can't deny that under Ollie, we can't deny the he's improvement. Done a phenomenal yeah, job. we can't deny the improvement, but he's not all managers. I think I think you can judge all managers better when how with how they deal with adversity when things aren't going their way when they go through that first run and I've said I've and, <laughs> and you look at how and I've mentioned this before you look at how we react I know two different times two different clubs but you look at when things were going badly at Cardiff and how he was very snipey and snarky with the press yeah. um, it'll just it'll be interesting to see how that goes but let's talk about PSG um Basically, any manager at PSG is going to be judged solely on their progression in one competition. The league. The... <laughs> yeah, where they play farmers every week. Um, the Champions League. Oh, right, I see. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. And Tuchel is in real trouble, I think. In real trouble. It's his first home defeat of the season. It is. Um, they played really poorly against us at Anfield. Um, our, our wastefulness cost us at their place but their owners are desperate for the Champions League that's why they've signed Neymar I read the, com the, the country has got world honours before yeah before um, before, before PSG, PSG. Yeah. and, and the, when did they take over was it 2000 and it was a little while ago it was before Beckham wasn't it Beckham was uh, Beckham's last time 2011 was it maybe I'm not sure, Tommy. I'm sure you could find out when yeah. uh, when they were taken over by uh, Qatar. But it's it's not it's not like it's been a. I think it's been longer than has it been longer than City? They've not really. I, th I think they've reached the semis once. They've not got a great. They've never. They've Very not awful. reached. They've since they've been taken over by the country of Qatar. They've not take. They've not got to the finals of the Champions League, which is abysmal. Lost seven of the last twelve Champions League knockouts. I mean, that's an awful. And you think of the players you brought in. Yeah. Well, then you. you I don't yeah, think you so can. I don't think. You said, Tom. Yeah, yeah I don't think you can be competitive at the very highest highest level. And Champions League is the highest level. You cannot be competitive at the very highest level if you're literally walking game after game after game, or or you're swapping out one team for another. 
because that's what PSG do sometimes when they've got a Champions League game on the horizon they almost play half of the kids in the reserves who don't play the rest of the likes of Neymar and Mbappe well not recently because obviously Neymar and Cavani have been injured so Mbappe's had to be playing more but usually they're able to swap out their best players from league duty and just keep them fresh in the mm. Champions League and you can't get any rhythm that way you're not getting any competition you can't well, they, you can name the first they can they can name the first 11 as it is yeah and you know Neymar being there he probably does name the first 11 I just think Neymar going there um, was it's a attitude. Port- is it attitude I think it's from PSG I think it's attitude they they expect to steamroll everyone in the league and fair enough that gives them confidence going into the Champions League but I mean they only played well in the second half at Old Trafford they didn't play well in the first half at Old Trafford people forget this even though it finished 2-0 it was a it was a dreadful game the first half yeah. in the first leg it was only the second half when PSG turned it on and being 2-0 up taking that back to to France it's going to be complacency it's going to be arrogance because United had 10 out so what other explanation is there for PSG taking their foot off the gas so dramatically yeah I mean you can you can talk about how um United played with belief, and you can talk about how you know they're upturning. In, but it, in, in if PSG, but if PSG even remotely turn up, they're through there. Yeah, against a team that have ten out and they've and they're two 0 up on aggregate too. And the bench is full of kids. Exactly. If, you we, you weathered the storm in the first half. If PSG remotely turn up in that game, they qualify. And all I can think of is it's uh, is it's. It's poor attitude. And after, like, before the game, there was a big talk about Rashford and Mbappe. And Tuchel actually admitted in the media that Mbappe can be hard to manage. What kind of manager comes out and says something like that? It's almost as bad as Hazard coming out. Well, it's not as bad. But do you remember Hazard coming out and admitting a few months ago that he himself understands that he's hard to manage? Maybe Seri could go there and do a job. <laughs> Maybe. I tell you what, can we end this on a question? Yeah. Are we going to see a new dynasty of European football teams or is this a blip? I don't know. I think... I'm going to use that word again. I think it's cyclical. You look Every at... Every episode. <laughs> um, you look at the teams qualifying now. Now, it's a big if we qualify because I, I have a feeling we may not. I think we may concentrate on the league. But say we do qualify against Bayern, that's four Premier League clubs... Because City are going to qualify yeah, against South. Yeah, yeah. That's four in the last eight. And we've not had that for a while. Exciting times. Um, I, I know what you could say. I, as long as it's not United, I'd always like it to come back to you. There was another poll um, online about if you're a British um, fan, do you want British teams to do well in Europe? You know my feeling on it. I, no. Just no. Don't want Arsenal to do well. Don't want Chelsea to do well. Don't want United to do well. Don't want City to do well. Don't want Spurs to do well. I think Tom really. It's, it's that. <laughs> it's it's, 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 right, do, you, do you want us to win the Champions League this year, Tom? If if it comes down to an English team winning it, yeah, I would say yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. If any United fans hear this, they would bitch slap you. Where could they bitch slap if we were the words, Stephen? At Towners Podcast. Thank I'm you. only a part-time member. <laughs> I tell you what. Uh, next segment, we're going to uh, we're going to build towards a bit more discussion. Yeah. Shall we move on? Yeah, I think so. What a day in the uh, the Premier League. Uh, yeah, so as of recording, um, there's been quite a few interesting results today, hasn't there? And interesting performances. Seven games today on Saturday. Um, do you mind if I take over the first part Not of at this? all, because I'm going to enjoy this. Not as much as you, but almost as much as you. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> we were we were out this afternoon um, together, me and Steve. It's, it's not often that we, we get out, just us two, is it? No, we, it's we, not, we, no. But it, it was lovely. Um, and it <laughs> very, very romantic. It was. It was, it was very <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> and we we were out. So I wasn't really... I was obviously keeping an eye on the game, but I wasn't really 100% focused. Especially when we went 2 We were too... You I was just a penalty. You, you were showing me the phone at 2-0, missing the penalty, and we were looking at the league table, weren't we? Because Cardiff... Were at this at point, I hadn't seen all the things about Pickford. No, you, you, all you'd shown me at that time was a score on the fact that Cardiff were winning, so they were dragging you right back into that relegation yeah. mire. Um, and then, it happened, didn't it? Just goal after goal after goal. It was incredible. It, it started with Rondon. Yeah. Great um, finish. Great yeah, finish. Yeah. Perez... 
a brace. Yeah. Uh, I think I think you know Newcastle fans. If you're listening, you know, talk to me on Twitter. But I think a lot of the time we talk about Perez and we don't exactly give him the respect he probably deserves at times. Yeah, he's he does seem us. to disappear. He though, does disappear. He? he disappears for games on end. But he is still a good player. Let's not forget, after his first or second season with us, there were there were rumours, but rumours that that uh, Barcelona yeah, were, were involved. Yeah. Um, but today, amazingly, two goals in three minutes from him. But I think really what what for me was important, a big about this game was we went one 0 down. Yeah. Then this. Pickford penalty. That was. Have awful. you seen it? I have. Awful refereeing. Tommy, uh, have, have you seen this? No. So basically, the ball's there to be won. Rondon gets there first, and Pickford rugby tackles him. Yes, yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no other way no. of describing Pickford that. decides, has two choices to make. He either t- goes for the ball or he goes for Rondon. He decides he's now playing rugby and decides to absolutely floor Rondon. Let's take him down at yeah. the five. The referee obviously thought, well, that's a penalty, but also thought, no, Pickford's fine. I can't believe... Because if he doesn't touch... He's, if he doesn't touch Rondon, Rondon puts that in the back of the net. Yeah. Now, the rule is no longer last man. So that doesn't apply. No, it's double jeopardy, isn't it? Yeah. It, no, no, no. But he wasn't last man because there were a couple of defenders covering but it's denying a clear goal-scoring opportunity because Rondon, before he's wrestled to the ground, puts that in the back of the net. But that a, is a red card. But it's also... He's manhandled him. It's a red card. Yeah, it, it absolutely is a red card. In the letter card. of the law, apparently, um, for when it says, um, Mason likely the Italian that Pickford's foul and denying a goal-scoring opportunity was accidental or he was trying to... <laughs> accidental?! <laughs> That was accidental. He grabbed him accidentally. Or he was trying to play the ball. I've not seen the tackle. <laughs> he went clean over the top of the ball into Rondon's ribcage with his shoulder. But since 2016, that has not resulted in a card. That's absolutely ridiculous. Lee Mason, and it's not just Lee Mason because we'll come on to the City game. Well, in a bit. Stephen, the thing is, we've talked previously in terms of referees, haven't we? And I've talked previously about football becoming basketball where there's no contact we just need Lee Mason to referee every match yeah. and we'll get where we need to be oh, it's just it's so the officiating in the top flight yeah it might be under more scrutiny so decisions seem bigger but it just seems awful if you, you see that you see that challenge at St James's that's yeah. wrong you see and we'll talk about it in a bit but there was a big decision made between a linesman and referee at the MTAD today and that was wrong as well just just to cut in here, but if you were as annoyed about refereeing decisions as, as we clearly are right now, could you go somewhere and, and listen to some to two people? Yeah, at Town's podcast uh, to discuss them with us, or listen to Two Footed that was released on Wednesday. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and I think in that we talk about about at being length. open. Yeah, and we've had a lot of good feedback on that episode. As well, yeah, we so. have. It's true, so. and I think from what you're saying, Tom, about the letter of the law. That I don't think half of them know the letter of the law. No, it's not. It's Genuinely. Cons- consistency. It's not. You hear managers come out as well and criticise referees because they say they don't know the game. They know the rules. They supposedly know the letters of the law. I think that's questionable. But they don't know the game. Do you know what I mean? The nuances of the game once you're out there on the field. It doesn't take knowing the game to knowing that a rugby tackle <laughs> in front of goal is a red card, Lee Mason. Didn't even book him, did he? Nope. Oh, I didn't and even you know, know Did you see that. what Pickford did after it had happened? Stuck his tongue out at the, uh, the Newcastle fans. It was after he sa- uh, saved the penalty. Yeah. Well, that came back to haunt him, didn't it? Because he, he Which played, is excellent. Because he played a massive part in the equaliser. Yeah, he did. Absolutely abysmal goalkeeping. Yeah. I mean, all he has to do there is palm it away. So there's a shot from Almiron from about 25 yards. Fizzes. Yeah, it's a really good shot. It moves a little bit in the air, but it's right at Pickford. Yeah, it is. And all Pickford, I mean, I don't. It's easy for me to say. It's, for, it's easy for him to uh, catch it, but even palming it, palm it to the sides. We sung a chant at him. He's a last, Premier League goalkeeper. He is. We sung a chant at him last year, uh, last week at Goodison, saying he's only got little arms because he couldn't reach the crossbar, you know, for our winner. Yeah, and yeah. clearly, he's only got little arms because he could only palm it to Jose Perez. 
The man, I love who the sent man. the Gallagher end wild? Well, I've I've heard from people who were watching the game that it, it went a bit potty. I've seen it. It does, uh, and Newcastle. it's brilliant. Um, the city deserves uh, a club and a football team to be proud of, and Rafa is giving them that, despite um, the owner. Now I know the owner signed Armour on, but I'd love to see the finances behind that. Whether he's kind yeah. of whether it's his own money or, or, or I would have thought it has to be the clubs but we'll, we'll wait and see but Rafa's giving in those fans and that city again a club to be proud of now obviously from my point of view it's it's funny it's very funny watching <laughs> Everton collapse from 2-0 up um, but Silver's gone hasn't it there's also oh, I was going to say there's also um, a bit of a disappointment for us because we see I mean you've done that to them they collapsed from 2-0 up, you've beaten them 3-2, and yet we couldn't we couldn't really lay a glove on them. Say it again, Tom. And it's the second time they've done it. Um, Newcastle. Uh, Everton oh. crumbled from 2-0 down. Last time they did it was against Tottenham in 2000. I, I don't We've think so. been very generous to you this season. You have. That's two presents wrapped up beautifully. I know, so we uh, should really do the uh, the favour for you tomorrow and beat Burnley. Please do. Uh, I'll tell you what, can we move on? Uh, I'll just mention one more time. Yeah. Newcastle 3, Everton 2. Yep. Um, let's. I want to talk about the bubble blowers. Go on. Because they beat us quite convincingly. They are, West Ham United are so inconsistent; it's unreal. So Cardiff, who only a couple of weeks ago got absolutely battered by Watford five mm. one, have gone and beaten West Ham two now. Um, goals from Hoylett and Kamarasa. Cardiff have looked abject in recent weeks and that unfortunately for you as a Newcastle fan well I was worried because like you said earlier I was worried at this point because they were up we were down and we were being dragged back in look look at this 71% possession to West Ham really obviously we know possession doesn't mean a thing if you don't do anything with it but 16 shots to 9 for Cardiff I know it's it's a bit of a topsy turvy game I know it's a weird it's a weird result West Ham fans even though it's an away game West Ham fans would have fully gone there expecting to win. Especially when you've got Lanzini on the pitch, Anderson on the pitch, Fernandez on the pitch. Lanzini's only just back from injury though, isn't he? Only he recently. is. But, you know, he's got to re- recapture what he was doing you know, at he's, some he's, point. He's a quality footballer, but I mean, it's going to take time for him to come to speed. That is a, the fact that West Ham, again, haven't even laid a glove on Cariff, um, not really seemingly made them work. Because you can have all the possession in the world um, if it's just side to side, full back to centre back to full back, it's not going to do a great deal. And obviously, it didn't. Um, and sixteen shots to nine from Cardiff suggests to me that Cardiff were the better team. Yeah, they aren't. They aren't doing well away though, are they? West Ham. Are they not? Um, but without a winning six. Oh wow, that is that is that, that's pretty, yeah. yeah. Um, another game that I'm not going to stop on too long. I'm just going to mention one stat from it. Leicester three, Fulham one. I think. Did Fulham, was it Fulham one up or did it, it was one all at one point and you thought, oh, is there a chance? Well, Tielemans scored to put Leicester ahead and that then Leicester, yeah, uh, yeah. and then Fulham equalised and then Vardy kind of ran away with his 100th. The one thing was that's his 100th goal for yeah. the Foxes. And it's now. the first win under Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, and you're, you've taught us, I think you taught us, you taught us, yeah, you taught us, you spoke to Tom about that yeah. when you were really cruel about me anyway. <laughs> uh, the game I did want to talk about, um, to sort of, well, there's two games I want to talk about. Well, the main one I want to talk about is the bottle jobs bottling again. Um, <laughs> I have a friend who's a very big Spurs fan, so he won't appreciate you using that terminology. Well, um, you know he can talk to me about that? At Towner's Podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's bizarre, Tottenham. Um, they'll have got a bit of good news over the last couple of days with moving into the new stadium. Um, they were knocked out of the title race a couple of weeks before they were even in it, mm. uh, losing to Burnley then losing to Chelsea, then drawing to Arsenal. So they would have won. That's four games on the bounce that they've not won, isn't it? Burnley, Chelsea, Arsenal. And now uh, we're not counting the Dortmund game because it's Champions League, so just league game. And losing to Spurs. I mean, can we I look... Can question? Go on. Can I ask you how you can drop Son? Even though the, the wondrous man that is, Harry Kane, is back. And scored. And he did score. But how can you drop Son? Because Deli Alli's back. Yeah. That's why. Oh, it's just, it's mental. You find a way to play all of them then, don't you? Why are you that's what you'd, That's what you'd thought. You'd have thought, even away from home, I would have thought you'd play Son, Ali, and Kane. Um, not Mora. Because I don't, it's not, I don't, it's not I like... I don't think Mora's done enough to 
to display. He's Son. had a couple of patches. A couple of de- yeah, a couple of purple patches, but I don't think he's had anywhere near the purple patch that Son had. And my point is, it's not like Spurs have you know were third, were done for the season. No, they are being dragged back into. If United win tomorrow against Arsenal, they're up the third. Yeah, well, joint third, isn't it? Joint third, yeah. Which they're in for the Spurs fans must be really uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, it's been it'll have been an up and down week for Spurs fans. Qualifying for the quarterfinals of the Champions League is massive yeah. for Spurs. It's really good. Um, finding out that the stadium will be played, the new stadium will be played in um, this season, and then well, this. Well, they've had that news previously, so let's yeah, just wait and we'll see. Wait and, see. Um, and then losing. I mean, being one nil up until the seventy-six minute, and then letting the game not only slip but slip badly and lose it. Not just draw it, lose it. Um, against the Southampton team who have been again very inconsistent this yeah. year. Um, it's was re- it was it you, Tommy, who was saying about who was in the crowd at Southampton? But someone said to me about was the England number two there? It wasn't me. Was it not you? Someone said to me England number two was there watching Ward Pro, so right. he's, he's a, a very good player. He, yeah, he's a very good player. He's um he's been on the door he's been on the um, he's been knocking on the door for an England court for a while. And under Hassenhutl, he wasn't really doing. He wasn't really getting picks under no, Hughes. Yeah. Uh, but under Hassenhutl, he seems to have uh, found a new lease of life. And, having that and Southampton themselves seem to have found a new lease of life under him. Let's um, hope they don't continue that because it just that's another team who were. It's it's, it's a long out. for a Liverpool fan. It's a long away day, but um, I don't mind them as a club. They're kind of our feeder club, aren't they? Really. So I mean, there's been a few <laughs> players go between the two. I know, yeah. Um, one last game I think we should finish on which yeah. I know is going to shock everyone who's here but uh, Man City unbelievably I, I don't know how they've done it they've won they've won a game yeah it's, it was, I don't think it's, well it's not I said this to you off mic it's not as simple as that the first half they were frustrated massively by Watford Watford kept them at bay seven changes to that team as yeah, well yeah exactly so Watford did fantastically well uh, did far better than I thought they'd do in the first half because I said to you mm. that I expected them to get battered when I saw that team but sort of minute one from second half though. that really annoys me again poor refereeing and officiating as well um, so you, if you've seen the goal then you know what I'm talking about Aguero plays the ball to Sterling who's in a clear offside position and in between Aguero touching the ball and Sterling touching the ball, Jan Matt makes a tackle and the ball ends up looping over the goalkeeper. Now, it doesn't matter that Jan Matt's made a tackle. Sterling's in an offside position, forcing Jan Matt to make the tackle when Aguero plays the ball. He's offside, the, ball shouldn't have stu- uh, the goal shouldn't have stood. The goal goes in and it changes the game. City score almost immediately afterwards and then they're comfortable. Mm. I know Watford get one back. And to be fair, you've got to give credit to Watford for... Um, three ones, a very respectable scoreline against such a strong side, and they they kept them at bay. The the first half they kept them at bay. So Watford I think they're a likable team, aren't they? They are, especially when they gave us a five 0 win a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. I don't mind that. Like um, in, ter- in terms yeah, of stats, yeah, I mean it's it's Pep all over seventy one percent possession, yeah. nineteen shots to two. Nine on target, one to Watford. I mean, I just uh, total I, dominance. Isn't it, it? it is, but I just keep coming back to that goal. That goal doesn't go in. Maybe City go and score a couple, but you don't know because they didn't have such um, a decision go their way in the first half, and Watford kept them out. No, I, actually, you think they've got shock on Tuesday? They probably didn't want a game like they had no, to go no. through the first half today. It's just it's it's very frustrating seeing another decision go City's way. The ref actually overturned the linesman's decision for it. So it's the ref thing. So the linesman, linesman's flag went up. Um, linesman's got to be stronger there. Then. He's got to be stronger and say no. He's interfering with play. That's what forces Jan Matt to make the tackle. Um, Jan Matt in making the tackle isn't making a deliberate to play the ball off Sterling, which is the only way which would put Sterling onside. It's not a deliberate action. He's just trying to clear the ball. Um, and how the referee can overturn the linesman's decision. I find absolutely bizarre, um, and he and he looked, and I don't want to use that word, but I'm going to anyway. The referee just looked arrogant after he made the decision. Like, yeah, this referee, is, this is arrogant. This is I've made this decision. I'm the boss. It stands. The Watford players were arguing, and I don't always agree with that. They weren't being they weren't being kind of forceful or anything, but they were arguing the decision. Understandably so. I'd have been incensed as well if I was on that pitch and that had happened. I mean, City don't need decisions like that going their way to win football matches 
No. So when you're a Watford player and you've just kept them at bay for 45 minutes and you've worked your knackers off to do so, to have a decision go against you and ruin all of that hard work in the first half, I understand that. I completely understand that. Um, and it's just frustrating. I'm obviously frustrated because obviously I have a vested interest in it. But I can't imagine how Watford players are feeling. Fans might not be that bothered because they've got an FA Cup game on the horizon. Yeah. But the players who were given a chance today by Gracia, you know, seven of those changes, they'll be so frustrated because they kept the champions, the Centurions, at arm's length for a good portion of that game and it took an awful refereeing decision to change that. Seems like they're talking about it every week, isn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's move on um, for the final uh, part of this and let's just talk about the three games that are coming tomorrow uh, the first game midday kickoff. the very first game what a ridiculous time for a kickoff. 12 o'clock kickoff. we've got at Anfield tomorrow um, I mean to be fair that's less drinking time so maybe for the Merseyside police oh, there it's are just good ridiculous in. I mean we I've been at United games at Liverpool United games as early like 5 past 12 or whatever it was and it's hard to get an atmosphere yeah, on a Sunday yeah. it's ridiculous um, especially when half of your fans have been out the night we'll, before we'll be setting off for the game to meet people beforehand we'll be setting off before the game at half ten in the morning for, for a Premier League football match it's good. it's good. I know it's good for your dad that his favourite breakfast place is closed down. It is, yeah. So it's not like that can buffet the. Uh, yeah, yeah. It'll be, he's very upset about that. So yeah. Uh, the game after is Chelsea Wolves. I think you can only see one way. I don't know. I, I don't know. I disagree. Yeah, say that again. I think Wolves will do it. Yeah, I mean Chelsea. They're not convincing. They're really not. They they do know right in the Europa League, but in the league they're not convincing. I think Wolves have got a chance there. But looking at the games, I haven't actually looked at the list of games tomorrow. It's, it's quite a decent day of football, isn't it? It really is. I know I'll I'll sit down and I'll watch the, the later game, um, which, I mean, we may as well go on to it now. Yeah. Um, Arsenal United. Arsenal United, which, historically, a huge game. It's a bit like Liverpool United, I, I think, at the minute. Well, no, I think... There's not much bite there I think there's, I think there's. I think there's a lot riding on it this, this yeah, year. Yeah, I top four, But what? it's top four, right? They're, they're fighting for top four rather than fighting yeah. for titles. And there's... That's, the, the, my, fa- my point was the bite... It, it's not there anymore. Which I don't think there are many was. players in either side with a bit of bite. No, you're there's right. There's no Keones. There's no Vieiras. No. There's no Keens. There's there's not that many there's players. There's not many in world football. No, no, there aren't. But there in that there anymore, there no, but in that fixture, it's known for just kind of nasty behaviour, yeah. isn't it? Like you had Pizzagate. You had the Keone mocking Nistelrooy, Van Nistelrooy after the penalty. You had whatever happened in the tunnel um, with Keane and Vieira. And you just haven't got those personalities to have that kind of, for lack of a better term, ruckus. And it made that that fiction more exciting. But yeah. it did. Regardless, I think it'll be a good game. I think um, it will be because the Gunners have something to prove. Arsenal have to win. I'd say they yeah. have to win. Um, United gave Arsenal and Chelsea almost a five-month head start for that top four race, and they're back in it. And you you could argue United are in pole position um, to finish ahead of Arsenal and Chelsea. So Arsenal, after a really poor result midweek against Wren uh, in the Europa yeah. League they have got something to prove but on the flip side United are going to be high as kites after yeah. the PSG result and after so. today's results for your team yeah. losing bitterly to Preston you're going to be wanting to watch United <laughs> Tom we've got uh, some uh, obviously looking like Lingard's looking like he's come back to training I think we've got a few returns is, is Ollie going to put is he coming back to training or do you think he'll be, he'll be on the bench I, I, th- I think he'll be Sorry, Tom. I think he'd be, having been there when it happened, I think it'd be silly to put him straight back in. I was going to yeah. say, after, I don't think all he's going to. After what happened at Old Trafford, the Liverpool United game, I think he something should, in the pitch there really oh, was. It was bizarre, wasn't it? Marshall's available. Uh, That's a big boost because he was playing superbly. I'm looking at the league table now, and that fourth spot. I know Spurs could get dragged into it um, with Arsenal, Chelsea, and United, but it's all to play for from sixth to third. Um, United on 58 points Arsenal on 57 points both played 29 so obviously the winner of that yeah, uh, Arsenal jump up or United uh, move further ahead Chelsea on 56 um, points having played 28 so they've got an extra game in yeah. hand so you'd have thought Chelsea could actually be favourites for that extra spot but you look at the way they play and they don't look like a team who um, want to rely on games in hand because games in hand, as we know, uh, I mean, I've, I've been a big fan of the cliche today, haven't I? Uh, games in hand aren't points on the board. 
there are, and I think uh, we could talk. I, I'm trying. I was about to go into a, into a massive argument there, but <laughs> I, we've talked a lot about Chelsea. I just think it comes down to whether those players want it. It's the players, yeah. I don't think the manager, the manager. Nothing to it. Yeah, completely agree. It's whether those agree. players want it, and we'll find out tomorrow against it's, Wolves. It's actually interesting that Chelsea Wolves is actually sixth versus seventh. Yeah, Wolves incredible this season. Really good season. They spent the money. They have, um, but, but a, lot of, a lot of those players were there in the championship. They were. They loaned them. Um, like Connor Cody, like he was the captain yeah. of our reserve side. Yeah. He was a central midfielder, so he's dropped back into a ball playing centre back, mm. and he's captain there. Yeah, he's captaining a Premier League you look side. Look at Willie Bolly. Fair play. Willie Bolly is just—he's a, a tank, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a bit like who's a Cardiff defender who was at Leeds. Um, blanking on my name now. Tom, help me out. Who's a Cardiff <laughs> defender? Uh, James would know. Our Leeds supporting friend. Yeah, but it's—I think I—I I, I enjoy seeing these tank type. Oh, yeah. Centre backs, come on, yeah, Tom. You, you want the research like, like Andy Teague today at the, at the exactly, show game. He yeah. is a tank, an absolute yeah. tank, and you like seeing them putting themselves about, exactly. throwing the bodies on the it's line. It's old school defending. It, it, I mean, just something is. glorious in it. it. There is, and you you don't get it very often now. A lot of managers want ball playing centre backs, don't they? And that's the new style, isn't it? The, the yeah. ability to play with your feet. Um, yeah, I don't think Tom. I. My we, knowledge of Cardiff football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we hired Tom as a researcher. As a stats man. You can't throw a curveball like that. <laughs> and it was a curveball, let's be honest. All I was going to interject. That Leeds defender who was at Cardiff, I mean, you didn't really give him a lot to play with there. So, we, we so Bamba! Oh, right, sorry. <laughs> so Bamba. He's, Saul Bamba's injured though, isn't he? He is injured. Really, yeah. uh, big injury, and that's and we've not mentioned how big a loss that would be. It would have been to Cardiff. Today. Well, I know who from, won from James, who who's our lead support friend. He he dislikes Saul Bamba quite yeah. a bit because of obviously where he's gone now. But he is the ultimate Warnock yeah, player. He is. He's he's hard as nails. Well, Warnock, just... Warnock actually came out one um, not long ago and and said he's better than Virgil Van Dijk, which I mean it's wrong. I mean, I'm sorry, it's wrong. But, I mean, can you imagine if you're so Bamber and you hear that? Oh, it you makes, you feel, makes you feel 10 yeah, exactly. feet tall, yeah, exactly. Anyway, it's been another wonderful episode. It has. Um, we, we're, we're now a, a team of three. We are. Um, the entire podcast is getting bigger. It is. Um, all I've got left to say is thank you for listening. Yeah. Um, Twitter, once again, we are at Terrors Podcast. Um, come and talk to us tell us how wrong we are in many different ways <laughs> yeah uh, we enjoy hearing that and we will see you next week and good luck uh, if your teams are playing this weekend or during the weekend Burnley lose <laughs> see you next week see you next week